Ball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to discuss some college basketball. And yes, you know, college football, we call it the College Ball Show, right? Because it goes from football to basketball. We obviously are on basketball now. We didn't do a show on Monday night just because they put up over 60 points. So what in the hell were we really going to talk about? I mean... Um, that game was over. Kudos to Georgia. I guess we should have known we were going to get a blowout with how competitive um, and close and drama-filled uh, those those semifinals were. So what are you going to do? So we figured, you know, what, what are we going to say? Hey, Georgia beat the shit out of them. That, that's the recap show. That's always – so we figured why not kind of hold off on that. But we – this week – Usually we start with recap from the last few days, talk about some of the themes coming up, um, you know, in the coming weeks or next week's schedule. We'll kind of nutshell some of the top-tier teams who've made some noise in the non-conference, some of those top-tier teams. Um, recap a Saturday that was full of upsets, and it kind of, this vibe so far, What I'm the theme so far, what I'm getting is there's a lot of quality teams obviously you know being january 16th r.i.p mlk um you know there's a lot to be had but there i mean when you look at some of these conference races and we'll break them down big conference by big conference some of the smaller conferences as well um it we got ourselves an interesting really interesting college basketball season coming up there's not just one or two dominant teams, although you can say, you know, Purdue and Kansas and, and whatnot. But um, there's a lot of meat on the bone, let's put it that way. So we're going to get into this. We're going to preview and predict next week, talk about a variety of things here on the College Ball Show, which is, like I said, basketball. We'd like to thank everybody for listening to another successful season of the College Ball uh, Show for football. Of course, the crafty, crappy pick of the week. If you if you stayed up with that, hey, guess what? You made some money. Uh, but on to college basketball. And by the way, just as a rem- reminder, we take this one all the way, the college ball show, all the way to the national championship. And then after that, what is it, the third week or something like that in April, that's when the NBA playoffs start this. So then we go into the NBA playoffs. So we keep this thing going all the way to the finals, just so you know, basketball is here, football is done, especially if you're a Viking fan like me, football's really done, um, we're going college basketball, but anyway, if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, thank you very much, welcome, it streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio, however, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and listen to the College Ball Show there, you can find the platform to listen to this College Ball Show on, under the Rope Dope radio platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, uh, Sticker, Spitcher, uh, Spitcher, Spricker, Stitcher. I, I said those the complete opposite. That's hilarious. Um, I'm surprised I haven't done that more. Um, and one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as sixty nine ninety nine. They still have that three month special that saves you one hundred and sixty dollars as long as you go with the choice and above package that gives you HBO Max, Showtime, Stars, Epics, and Cinemax. 
Um, uh, there's also that deal right now. You save fifty dollars if you go Choice Package and above, and you get that exclusive Direct TV streaming device. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in my co-host Marshall and see how he's doing. Um, well, college basketball is here, my friend, and uh, we got a wide open field. I mean, we we could talk about some of the top-tier teams and all that, and and don't get me wrong, there's plenty of them. We got some, you know, if you look at Purdue and Kansas, and I think you'd have to put in Houston just because of their ranking, but uh, UCLA still has experience uh, coming back from the last few years. Bama, Texas, even though they lost their coaches looking damn good, uh, Beyond Xavier is looking great. Kansas State is looking great. I mean, Dude, Tennessee was looking great until they lost to Kentucky. Like, this thing seems, as far as the non-conference goes, this really looks like a wide-open type year and uh, a very competitive one as we come down to March and we start to fill our brackets out and all that good stuff. You're right. It it does feel that we normally have either this time of year, Chris, it's like it's a two-horse race. Um, which in the last few years it's been maybe uh, <clears throat> Gonzaga's going to win it all or there's like a loaded SEC team or something or, you know, or an ACC team or it's like, hey, it's a, let, let, you can pick 10 teams out of a hat and one might win a title. So I do like the parody. Um, obviously, college basketball, we're, we're about, what, eight weeks away from one of the um, best weeks of the whole year. So, yes, you're right, my friend. It's a very wide-open race. Um, last, last couple of years, it really had been like, oh, well, God's Gonzaga or anyone else or, you know, something like that. But th- that doesn't seem to be the case. Because um, even, for example, I've been a – You brought up Gonzaga twice now, and they still haven't won a championship. So let's let's yeah. talk about some other teams, damn it. Well, I, I, yeah, I know. So, uh, well, and I've been a Tar Heels fan my whole life. But, man, this is probably – the worst the ACC has ever been since you and I have done a podcast. Like, that's normally, you know, that's kind of a, a blue blood conference. But, man, this year, ACC, ugh. Didn't we say that last year, though? Didn't we say I, that exact thing last year? I think we did. Two, didn't they get two uh, teams into the uh, the Final Four? True. I, you're right. And it was we said the, the same damn thing. It was the best game of my life. I'll never forget that till the day I die when we when we sent K home packing. But I, I think that well, we're not even... quite going conference to conference, but you know, <laughs> no, yeah. But I, I just think it. I think it, you're, it's a wide open race, and but it is just surprising to see that. Wow, like Carolina, it, it's just it, you're right. It's a very interesting season. Um, I I have enjoyed college basketball. There's truly no sport like it. We're on a given week, as my co-host said. You can have a bunch of upsets. You can have a team win. <laughs> three games in a row and then lose two in a row. Like basketball of uh, college basketball is the hard sport sometimes to handicap because there's so many uncontrollable variables. Yeah. Like if, if you, if you watch the NBA, you can know on a given night that for the most part, like Embiid's going to score 30, Luke is going to do something crazy and Curry's going to get buckets. Like there's some teams the NBA on a given night, like, okay, they're going to win or play really close in college basketball. You may watch your team again, go on a hot streak. And then you got to play your, your, a bum rival at the bottom of your conference and you get beat by 10 on the road. It, it, it is such a chaotic sport. I think that's truly why we love it. And yeah, it, it's off to a great start this year. 
and I think we're going to be due for uh, two great months of regular season basketball. Like we had two great months of college football this year. Well, plus more. Yeah. Um, and I think Purdue has the, now I, we don't know the Purdue final score right now with Michigan state. They were battling it out last I checked Michigan state was up just by a little bit, but I'd say as, as it stands right now, I think Purdue has the best wins in the country. Um, Kansas only has one loss to Tennessee. They have some solid wins as well. Houston, you know, they have a win over Oregon, and we'll see how good St. Mary's is this year because they, you know, we'll see if they can beat Gonzaga once or whatever. Um, but they only lost to Alabama, so you got to, and Houston's been making some nice runs in the tournament as well, so you got to look at them. UConn and Ukula. UConn is looking really good. Ukula, like I said, still has some some guys that have been there the last two years, so they're, they're really interesting. Like you said, the ACC, Clemson. 7-0 and start, Miami Pitt having good starts as well. Even a week ago, the SEC kind of seemed like you had, you know, two top teams. I think it were top five, two of them in the AP until Tennessee just lost. The Big Ten race beyond Purdue is just really tight. Providence, Xavier, we'll, we'll kind of go through all this, but the Big 12, I think, has five or six ranked teams. Um I, I think it's going to be really interesting. And then just kind of talking about the landscape, you know, without getting into conferences as far as where everybody stands, the mid-major conference this year, I mean, there's there are plenty of, uh, you know, Florida Atlantic's popular. The, uh, the, the Charleston Cougars, you know, are popular as well. But Nevada, San Diego State, New Mexico, Boise State, you know, right now, the Mountain West is looking pretty damn good um, as far as that goes. So, you know, I definitely, when it comes, basically college basketball starts during Thanksgiving, right? That time, that week is when you got to, you get to see some marquee matchups kind of finally. Then in December, it's usually, a, a, you know, a variety of marquee non-conference stuff. Um, we do get usually one to two. Uh, conference games now in December, usually mid to early December. And then you start, you know, then you go back to your non-conference. Then you start, obviously we're full conference now beyond like the, uh, the big 12 SEC challenge during the year. We'll get that as well. But before we go, you know, conference to conference, Marshall, let's talk about what happened on Saturday because I mean, we had some really good games like Kansas and Iowa State. Kansas sneaks out of their 62-60. Uh, Alabama bounced back 106-66. Good golly. Um, or not bounced back, but they, they were, they've been looking really good. Uh, Kentucky is a team that was struggling there for a long time. They finally got a nice win at Tennessee. They did play a very tough schedule. We're going to see how they balance out. Um, Oregon just smacked Arizona around. I know they're at home, but golly, that was kind of a surprise. Uh, Kansas State, higher ranked against TCU. They basically lost it fairly cleanly. We had a lot of, a lot of upsets. When you look at ranked teams, I mean, San Diego State, Duke, Providence, Wisconsin, Miami, Arkansas, you know, we had a lot of upsets. 
this last Saturday, and that kind of proves what we're talking about as the early theme anyway. I know we're midway through the college basketball season, but, you know, we're, we're just starting to get knee-deep into the conference races. The way this last Saturday played out, Marshall, kind of goes with the theme of we a lot to be decided yet because this thing's wide open. Agreed, my friend. Agreed. <clears throat> um, the, with Kentucky, I I had a feeling about that one. Now, everything up until a game would tell you that, hey, like Tennessee's going to kick their ass. And I think they were a 12-point favorite. But um, Calipari's been getting a lot of heat, more so than normal. Uh they actually had a guy that brought a sign to the game. Kentucky played before Tennessee, uh, where they got beat, and the sign said send him to Texas. So there's been some some grief, and actually kicked the guy out of the arena, which was kind of sad. But what, you know, whatever. Anyways, um, so you had a feeling that might be a, a spot where Kentucky bounces back to you know because again Calipari, get, give him crap all you want. You know he's always got new co- new kids coming in and new recruits, but he normally has a pretty good team. This year, they're 2-3 and three in conference. That's not exactly their regular MO. So it was a surprise win. Maybe Tennessee overlooked them. And obviously, that was Tennessee's worst loss of the year. Um, for Arizona, uh, who did lose to Oregon, man, when, when it was the Maui tournament, I literally told my group chat, I'm like, dude, I'm picking Arizona Final Four. Like, that week in Hawaii – yeah, you're um, right. They had a damn good week. You're man. calling that. They're not done though, but yeah, it's funny how that works. They they looked good, but I've watched them play now. They they had they blew they they came out really sluggish against the Washington team. They didn't look too great against Washington State. They got their ass whooped by Oregon, and they've gotten killed by Utah. For my two cents on them, they have a lot of talent, but man, they have I just. They're, um, I'm trying to think of the word. I just, they, they don't, they don't click together well on offense. They have like four guys that are over seven foot and a lot of guards who can jack it. Like, and they hit threes, but it, it doesn't seem like their team chemistry or the team flow is that successful, in my opinion. So I have something weird about them. Like, they're talented. They have a lot of pieces, but I don't think they've gelled well enough together yet, which explains why their record is good. But when you've lost two games in conference by um, nearly 20 points on the road in both situations, you're clearly not ready to be a, a, a great team yet. So we'll see how they progress. And to wrap up kind of Saturday like you were talking about in the Big 12, um, Texas, their record is good, but I, I've been watching their games quite a bit. They cannot shoot. I, I don't I don't care what the number – that team cannot shoot three. No, they're a good team. They, they were number two before their coach got fired. But offensively, that is not a gifted team. Defensively, they are good. But, man, that team, if, if it comes down to, like, three-point shooting, it is bricksy. I think they've airballed four three-pointers, which normally a team who is ranked 10th in the country doesn't do. But, holy shit, they can't shoot from deep. Um, and for TCU, K-State. Is that the whole season or in one game? No, I I've, I've, I get that stat? Oh, for the airballs? Yeah. Oh, I just I watched them play Texas Tech. That's in one I, game? Yeah, they airballed four threes, yeah. I didn't know it's four threes. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> Seriously, dude, they scored 47 points against Texas Tech in the second half. They did. I'm not saying they're a joke of a team, but for perimeter shooting, that is not something they specialize in. <laughs> and for K-State TCU, it's kind of like a battle like we had in the football season this year. Um, 
of top dogs in the Big 12. Now, I'm not saying they're both going to finish one and two, but they're two of the better teams. And TCU, I, I think, again, much like we talked about in college football podcast, a lot of basketball games are one on what kind of mood is your team in? How's the season going? What's your momentum looking like? And the momentum for um, TCU. Mood meaning what happened last week or last game. Too, y- not yeah. Just, yeah. And, man, for TCU, you'd had two heartbreaking losses. It was kind of like that suck it up or get your butt kicked. And after losing a heartbreaker to Iowa State and losing a heartbreaker to Texas where you were up 18 on Texas in Texas the prior game, you kind of feel like, okay, this is a bounce-back spot for them. You lose two tough games with two ranked teams in your conference, and they showed up on their home court to beat K-State. And K-State, speaking of Texas's defense at times, K-State dropped 100 and, uh, like 103 points on Texas this year. So Texas is a very interesting team. We'll see how that plays out. But, hey, the Big 12 is a lot of fun this year. Saturday was, as you said, a great day. And that's one good thing about college basketball, Chris. Um, obviously, there are games on throughout the whole week, as we know. But Saturdays, around this time of the year, now that we're in conference play, you're basically going to see like 85% of teams play every Saturday. It's kind of a full slate from 11 o'clock until 11 p.m. You get pretty much any game you want. It's highly like your team's playing either on a Thursday, Saturday, or Sunday for sure. So college college basketball, um, and now with a couple more games showing on Fox and Fox 1, uh, you get spoiled almost every Saturday in college basketball hoops like we do in college football, my friend. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, I mean, yeah, even more because you have the whole week, like you said. And just to, to your point, uh, Carr, my guy Carr for Texas, I'm talking about shooting. My guy's shooting 41.1, okay, from three. So let's, uh, he, he's got it. <laughs> it's his comrades who need some help. Well, that's what I'm getting to. Let me get there. Now, there's another guy that, that plays about 17 minutes a game. He's shooting 42% Cunningham. Um, but the rest, I mean, two of them don't even take threes uh, as far as the people that play. They literally okay. don't take them. They have 0%. So they don't even take them, right? Uh, they do. The other highest is 32%. Otherwise, there's 31%, 28%, 29%, and 15 But they literally have, in their top nine guys that play, two dudes don't even try them. So, um, now the one thing I'll say is their field goal percentage, that's when we say they can't shoot, it is the outside shooting because their field goal percentage, they got a guy with 50, um, 47, 63, 63, 58, 47, you know, so they got to pass really well to get. Easy buckets, I guess you could say. You know what I mean? Like, they really That's have fair. to kind yes. of spread it around more because, you know, you can't only have two guys. Yeah, they're shooting over 40% for those two guys. But remember, when I mentioned Baylor a few years back, had those seven guys shooting, what, 36 or 37% and above? Not uh-huh. that you're going to get that, you know, on a team True. that's going to win the title usually. Because that's why I kept bringing it up all year because it was such an anomaly. But – um, Kansas 16 and one best start, uh, or 17 and one, 61 best start since 2016 with that win. That was a tight win, no doubt about it. Um, and that Kentucky win 25 game, uh, home winning streak snap from Tennessee. That's another one thing that just kind of maybe kind of look at it. When you look at that Oregon, Arizona, eight one now versus Arizona, um, in their last nine meetings. 
so Oregon, for whatever reason, really has that. Uh, coming into that TCU game, Kansas State had been hot. They had come off three straight wins over ranked opponents. Um, in Arkansas, I also wanted to bring they up, they, them up. They looked really good early. Now they've lost, I think, three out of four or four out of five. Kind of, kind of interesting. As we go through this, let's start with the big. It is. East. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say it is surprising to see Arkansas is one and four in SEC conference. That that that's not something you expect. But we'll get to them. Um, on to the Big East. Here's the preseason poll. Okay, by uh, voted on by the coaches. Okay, uh, number one Creighton, number two Xavier, number three Nova. UConn fourth, Providence is fifth, St. John's sixth, Seton Hall seventh, Butler eighth, Marquette ninth, and then Georgetown in uh, DePaul. So Marquette and yeah, Marquette was was rated ninth going into the season. Um, I, I saw someone actually tweet that the other day. Um, I'll say the Xavier, their biggest thing, just watching them a few times and then watching their last game against Marquette. Uh, Xavier's, they even flashed the stat during the game. Xavier's offense has made a, a major improvement. If you look at their assist per game, last season, 58, their first. Field goals, 108th in the country, third this year. Um, three-point, we just talked about Texas and three-point. They were 258 in three-point percentage. They're second this year, and then effective uh, field goal, they were like middle of the pack last year, which is 149th, basically, because there's, you know, over 300 college basketball D1s. They're 10th. So Xavier's made, you know, some really, really big jumps as far as, you know, uh, offensively. And they do find themselves at seven and zero on the conference. You got Providence there six and one, Marquette six and two, and then from four and three to three and five. I mean, I don't think Xavier's going to run away with it by any stretch, just because they had just beat Providence. But uh, you know, it is it, this thing's going to be competitive at the top and in the middle, like it is, uh, you know per usual. Last year, it kind of felt like there was four quality teams, and then there was a drop-off. This year, it's going to go a little deep because, you know, Nova, they don't have their coach. They're kind of stumbling out the gate. Butler's kind of stumbling out the gate. Even a quality Seton Hall team, St. John's, they're okay. I've seen them twice, four and four and three and five. Once again, I hate to keep, it's not a, you know, not trying to do the broken record thing, but the wide open thing really hits home, even in a lot of these conference races. I truly enjoy seeing Nova struggle for a team that caused me some heartbreak in a Carolina title game, and just a team that's been consistently really, really good for a long time. The Seen first thing suffer. he talks about the Biggies, he he makes it North Carolina centric. Yeah, I, I I I enjoy I enjoy seeing that team lose. I'll say that. Yeah, um, but I I I think Chris that. Xavier might be this year's Providence. And I said because last year Providence was the most experienced team in the I believe in the country. And they had a nice run. They made the Sweet 16. When I was watching this Xavier team play a few games over the last few weeks, they they give me those vibes because there's four guys who I feel like I text my buddy, I'm like, dude, I think these guys on Xavier have been there for like six years. Like Fremantle, 
Kobe Jones and Nunji. Like those dudes are all seniors, but man, they, they've pretty much been playing basketball all of them since they were freshmen. So this is a team where again, very similar to Providence last year of do we, we might, we're maybe not the most skilled team in the country. But we have guys who are in the system. They've been teammates forever and they know how to play and they're a good team. So I could easily see them having that similar run and they shoot the three ball. Well, they play defense well, and they're an okay free throw shooting team. So I, I'd expect the Xavier team, not necessarily to win the conference, but to stay up top this year, just because that's kind of the team they are. And as you mentioned for the rest of the big East, um, you know, St. John's, they had a nice win yesterday, actually. Yeah. Over, um, uh, Yukon as like a 14 and a half point underdog. And UConn, again, was all the way up to, I believe, top two or three in the country, and they've been on a bit of a funk. But that shows they have the pieces. Um, Providence, who is six and one, and to give their coach credit, Fred Cooley, um, dude, who saw that coming? Because they literally did lose their entire team. The only guy um, who played last year any minutes was that uh, Boswell, their backup center. He's playing now. But if you watch Providence last year and Providence this year, it's literally a whole new starting five. So credit to them. Uh, Marquette, maybe this is the best team Shock has had over there. And Creighton, uh, that's a team, Chris, who was picked to finish, as you said, top two in the di- uh, district or in their conference. And high school they, coach talking, high school coach talking. They, they've, the had, section, they've had some. Uh, back top, in my day, it was regional. It wasn't sexy. It was regional. <laughs> they, they've had some uh, tough losses, but on paper, it's a good team, and they're not one to discredit, but maybe they just need to get their, their ducks in a row just a little bit. But, again, that's a team that's very talented as well. So, yeah, it's a very top-heavy uh, Vegas as usual, and it, it's going to be a fun-looking district. But, yeah, you, you've had a couple teams bounce inside the top ten, so it should be an enjoyable conference, much like it was last year to watch. Yeah, and in Xavier, you know, leading the way seven and zero, you got Providence six and one, six and two, Marquette. But Xavier has at UConn, at Creighton, and Providence at home. So let's uh, let's see how they fare, you know, when it comes to that. And, and speaking of, you talked about, you know, the Big Twelve is going to be really interesting. I mean, holy shit, this is not top heavy. KU undefeated. K, K- State four and one. Texas four and one. Uh, Iowa State four and one, three and two, and even teams like, you know, zero and five is a tough way to start. Texas Tech and West Virginia. I'm talking to you. That's really tough. Baylor at two and three probably is going to pull out of that. TCU is a quality team. They're three and two. Um, this is going to be a great, great one, and it's it's been a really fun ever since Kansas. Even though you know they won the big one, they they haven't been able to always win you know, the Big 12 lately. And so that's been fun. Baylor came out of the Big 12 and won the championship as well. So um, they, like in the coming weeks, let's keep an eye not just on the conference, but the leader right now is Kansas. In the coming weeks, you know, they they have a difficult schedule coming up. And then, same with this, actually coming up real shortly for Kansas, but in the coming weeks as well, a really tough stretch for Texas. So when we talk about, you know, my co-host brought up their outside shooting from three, we're going to find out about it, especially, you know, there's been good buys with this new coach, but it is pretty abrupt for your damn coach to get fired, uh, you know, 
for domestic abuse during the damn season. That's pretty freaking crazy. And it's, and it, you know, it's, it's really a, an unfortunate thing. It's a horrendous thing, really, because domestic abuse, but just in general, like, he really had Texas going the right way. And, and, and sure, maybe this season, I hate to say the word salvaged because they're doing pretty good. And if they do well during this stretch, they could have a great year. They're, they're seventh in the country. But as far as will they keep this upward trajectory, this season's big, I think, for recruiting just based off that, to, to keep this positive vibes going in Texas because, you know, only one coach in the last 20 years or so has been able to get them anywhere but it just, it, it, you know, that coach produced a lot of talent from Texas, a lot of good point guards. But it just doesn't seem like they put it all together. But, yeah, the Big 12, man, this thing is really, really wide open. I, I'm really looking forward to it. And like you said about the ACC, you know, competitive as hell, though. We'd say it looks like shit because the, the North Carolina, the Duke, the Florida State, the Notre Dame, the Louisville at 0-7. Those first teams I mentioned, even NC State, 4-3, and 4-3, 4-3, Syracuse 5-2. and Wake, though, is Wake, Pitt, and now Miami, who uh, a few years ago had a good run. Now it looks like they're coming back. But Marshall, we said, like I said earlier, we said this last year, and they got two out of the four in the, in the, in the, you know, the final four. But Clemson is 7-0, right? And you have four five excuse me five freaking teams at five and two and three teams at four and three this thing is so wide open you're right maybe there's not a a blue blood that you're used to seeing uh ranked in the top five but it this you're right this probably is the most competitive top to bottom big or not biggies uh acc we've ever seen uh well in a long time um Obviously, Clemson has normally always been like a decent squad, but they're normally like one of those teams that's on the on the urge of the uh, bubble every year. Um, Pittsburgh, man, they've kind of been in a regroup phase with Capel as the head coach. I feel like they've kind of been down the slumps for like the past four to five years, ever since Jamie Dixon left to go to TCU. Um, maybe now they're finally getting uh, a gathering of talent, which you know Capel was able to recruit. And Miami is pretty much probably the most uh, boringest team that the media doesn't cover, but consistently, Chris almost seems to make the tournament every single year and win a game or two in the tournament. So, um, you're right. It is a fun-looking conference this year. Um, Carolina, man, they've they've had some moments where they look like they're just happy with last year's title run uh, and or make it to the title and then just don't care. Uh, Duke is going through the uh, hiccups of kind of having a new coach come into their uh, program and run it, which obviously you can understand that. Um, but yeah, top to bottom, I mean, Wake Forest, even the, the five and two, that has to be, Chris, the best start Wake Forest has had in probably seven or eight years. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean it, it's, it's been a minute for them. And then Florida State, you're so used to Leonard Hamilton having his team like, especially this far into the season being first or second place. That's almost like cliche Leonard Hamilton to be six and one, seven and oh, and just showing up there first or second place. So they're off to a bit of a, a slow start, but again, I would never count out Leonard Hamilton's team because that'd be foolish. So you're right. It's maybe not quite the standings we expect, but if we're talking parody and what should be a really fun conference besides uh, Louisville might want to bring back Rick Patino. <laughs> 
Um, there, it is a very fun uh, top to bottom conference, my friend. Yeah, I mean, starting zero and seven. It, I mean, good luck battling out of that one. That's, yeah, that's especially that's if tough. we're talking about how it's it's not top heavy; it's mid level. Sure, because um, there is like six to eight teams that are, are really you know have something there. Um, a deep conference right now, as far as uh, national rankings and just in general, in the last handful of years, several years now. The SEC, it's no longer just a football conference. We've said that for years. Uh, it's not just Kentucky and Florida. And then, oh, by the way, Tennessee, if they're not, you know, uh, cheating or whatever, you know, that's usually all you'd say. But, man, even a team like we just mentioned, Arkansas, they're still 25th based off some wins they have, but they're 1-4 in that conference. you got Alabama undefeated, as is Texas A&M. Which if Texas A&M, let's say, were to finish top four in this conference, man, that football team has some explaining to do. But that's neither here or there. Um, Auburn, four and one. Tennessee just lost. Otherwise, it would be Alabama and Tennessee undefeated. Uh, Florida. Missouri actually was having a bounce back year. They're, they're two and three now, but they actually had some decent uh, performances. Uh, Mississippi State has been good lately. Not so much right now. Kentucky, like we said, two and three. But, you know, not long ago, you had two top five APs. You still have three top 16 teams. The SEC is for real, man. It ain't going anywhere. I think the thing is, Chris, is the fact that A&M, they, they have a new style offense in basketball. They just don't want to switch over over for football. So the, the basketball team is modern. You know, they're willing to be with the, you know, the time of the, the time of the day and stay up on things. And Jimbo's like, dude, I'm old school man. Hey, did he bring in somebody though? Didn't he bring it in? Jimbo bring in somebody that's like, I don't know. Who cares? Okay. Fair enough. So, um, (laughs) well, and speaking of the Alabama basketball team, uh, I don't know if it was a current player or former, but one of the Alabama basketball players I just saw on Twitter this morning got arrested for murder. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't Yeah, he was out. He was going to be out for the whole year. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The ankle injury didn't really, not much. Uh, I mean, you know, definitely worth reporting. <laughs> don't sure. get me wrong. But as far as what it means to uh, on the court minutes, that that's that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you are right. That just happened. Um, and, you know, speaking of Alabama, that that's a team where, God, for like the past three years, they've really kind of put themselves on the map. Um, they they have they seem to always have a really group of talented guards and they haven't made a super deep run in the tournament yet. But they're pretty de- they're, they're It almost seems like they've been on a, a sweet 16 pace for the last couple of seasons. So can they continue to progress up um, Auburn as well? Bruce Pearl. They really have started out the years very hot. Again, they've had uh, they've had one really good run in March Madness, but that's a team again you'd expect to be doing pretty well. And Tennessee, up until this weekend, was one of the best teams in the country. Obviously, losing to a pissed off Kentucky kind of must win team is not a bad loss either. Right. And for a team like Georgia, three and one, that's surprising. Vanderbilt, two and two, a bit surprising too. And hell, Missouri was ranked last week, which mm-hmm. normally you don't see as well. So you're right. The fact that Arkansas, who was ranked or is currently ranked, is one and four. It kind of does show that against a top heavy or not, not top heavy, a kind of a a deeper division than we're used to. Because for a while there, Chris was kind of the SEC is a little bit weak, and in the past four to five years, it's gotten stronger. I think now we're kind of starting to see 
it get a little more of a overall stronger conference. Cause I feel the last four to five years of our podcast has been, well, you got Tennessee, you got Kentucky, and then you have uh, a gathering of teams. Maybe this year we're more so into the, it's not just two, it's maybe in that four to five to six range. So I think the conference has been on an upward projection for the last handful of years and it's continuing to improve going into this season as well. Yeah, and, and we'll wrap it up with the Big Ten, but we'll stay out west for a second. UCLA seven and zero, Arizona State six and one. That's a game that's uh, you know coming up here. Both all these teams have big games coming up. Um, Arizona does need to protect their home court against Ukula on Thursday. That is something that we'll keep an eye on. But it's uh, you know for years when we did this podcast. We talk about the Thursday night games for the Pac-12 and how awesome they used to be. And, and you know, the Pac-12 uh, network and all that stuff, how some of these games you can't see. Um, but last year they, they, they made a good run. They had three teams that went deeper than some other conferences. So I think, you know, it's on the up and up somewhat. Now, obviously, USC and UCLA leaving and maybe more to come. We'll see where it goes, but it's definitely, you know, a pretty good conference as we speak. And then, like I mentioned earlier, keeping it out west, the Mountain West, Nevada's 5-1, and one, Boise State 4-1, and one, and the teams that were ranked and talked about more was San Diego State and New Mexico. New Mexico got off to that good start. They've since lost two games. They're 16-0. But all four of those teams, I think, have been ranked. But San Diego State, New Mexico, like I said, in November and December kind of were making noise. But Nevada and Boise State, I got to say, as far as the mid-major, like I said earlier, the Mountain West is something to keep an eye on this year. You know, I didn't know, Chris, that uh, the New Mexico Lobos, so I've watched them play a few games. They're off to a really good start this year, 16-2, 3-2 in conference. Uh, Patino Sun is out there. You're talking to a guy who he just used to coach the Gophers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was unaware I, that he'd I'm taken that game. Aware. Yeah, fully aware. Fully aware. Uh, and, um, yeah, I have not second seen year. The, I've not seen Nevada or Boise play, but, hey, if you're 5-1, 4-1, that shows you're off to a good start this year. Um, just a few notes on the, <clears throat> the Pac-12, as you said, before we get to the Big Ten and wrap these conference previews up. Obviously, UCLA, they've had a nice run now for about three years in a row. Um, Arizona State, man, God bless that team, Chris. I've bet them seven times <laughs> this year. They are 7-0. and Every time I've bet that squad, man, they have paid bills for me. So, God bless Arizona State. So, <laughs> I will support that team for the rest of yeah, the year. Yeah, you have. Ever since I met you uh, with Harden is the first player that we were talking about, right? Was it Harden? Yeah, and then there was that, they had that they had that uh, center pendograph on that team, man, dude. But yep. this year, I, I can't go wrong when I click a, I click that team on the on the screen. So I'm hoping that continues. Um, USC, they're I feel like every year they got like one or two lottery potential players, but never do much in the tournament. Like they're always going to be good. That might be ranked this year. They always have a bunch of talent, but for whatever reason, that coach can't ever seem to quite have a good March run. Um, Utah and Oregon are consistently good in basketball. What team were you just talking about? It kind of, it kind of, uh, USC. Okay. Yeah. 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 
And Arizona, again, you got talent, but I don't, I don't like how their guards play. It's just my eye test. There's something about the team seems a bit off. If they can get it clicking, that team's scary. But, man, since conference play has started, whatever mojo they had in the Maui tournament, that's kind of disappeared. Maybe, and part of it, too, is you, you'll see, you look at these teams' non-conference schedule, like, damn, that team's having a good year. But then, Chris, you get into regular season play where teams know you. And, hey, well, guy, we play them every year, and they're always tough on right. so Your Your non-conference record can look sexy, but mm-hmm. then you're going to, like, because I was surprised when they went to Utah, and they were, like, only a, a, like a four-point favorite. I was like, well, that doesn't make sense or something. And I was like, sure. well, and, of course, Utah whooped them. You know, it's like one of those things like, ah, conference play, yeah, some of those non-district numbers or conference numbers can get a little tough because there's that familiarity angle, much like in the Big Ten. Like, it's hard to go win – in places like a Purdue, a Wisconsin, or a Michigan State, just because hey, the teams are good, and your your non conference record is not quite justifiable of winning conference games on the road versus a ranked opponent. Yeah, that's a good call. And closing things out with uh, the strong one of the strongest, I think they have the best wins in the the, the country thus far. Anyway, I don't know if they. Well, actually, now I do. Damn it, um, six and one. Purdue, um, you know, on top of the Big Ten. Rutgers, who have been solid in recent years, let's say the last four to five years. Uh, sometimes they'll start out pretty good, then kind of fall to the middle of the pack, maybe sneak in and make a little noise. I think they made it to the, the second round one year. But um, right now they're 5-2. They're, they're and two. It's funny, this thing, if you look at these 4-3, and 4-3s, three, and threes, this was all 4-2. and two. Uh, not long ago, it literally was six and one, and then four teams of four and two, just last week. And so you're looking at it like four and three, four and three, three and three, three and three, three and three, three. three. Yeah, you literally have four teams, three and three. Uh, I expect Nebraska and Minnesota to stay where they are. Indiana, Ohio State started out pretty good, um, and then definitely falling off. Especially Indiana, they were. I think both of them were ranked. I'm not sure. Maryland. We'll see where they go, but it, it's it it looks like it's a very competitive league, but not top heavy this year. It it, it kind of just it kind of resembles the ACC, um, except this year I'd say Purdue. Uh, I would pick Purdue over Clemson. Let's say you know as far as who's leading right now, but um, it's really just beat up on each other and, and maybe this type of year rather than having two or three teams where you go. Hey, there's three teams that can make the Sweet 16, uh, like, at this point of the year, right? You think that, and then it doesn't happen. Maybe this is the year where all of a sudden Purdue just kind of goes through a, a pretty good year, not a great year when it comes to the Big Ten, and they end up, um, you know, finally getting a champion out of the Big Ten, which has been a while. But it just looks on paper like a competitive-ass we gotta we gotta work this stuff out because uh, you know you can't beyond Purdue. It's too early with Rutgers, you know, to say, oh yeah, they're they're the second best team. This sure. one just has to be kind of worked out, kind of like the ongoing scene. Uh, like we're you know, like I said, I'm kind of sounding like a broken record at this point. Well, you're right though, because normally at this time of the year, you have like six or seven teams ranked in the Big Ten. At least that's how that's how it's been for the last handful of years. 
Yeah. And not that these teams can't all be ranked at some point, but yeah, normally this, this, God, why do I keep saying district? Conference is regional. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's that basketball coaching time. That's going to be a stuck. tough section to come out of to go to state. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, we'll it, it is um, a bit surprising that a team like a Michigan or a, a Wolverines or a Sparty is not ranked. Um, Iowa, as usual, great offense, doesn't play much defense. Um, you know, Illinois and Wisconsin normally are ranked this time of the year. Maryland's two and four. That's more slice than they normally start out. So. You're right. It'll be interesting to see as our podcast progresses throughout this, especially the rest of this month of January, about how what will these conferences look like for the Big Ten, ACC, especially a couple weeks from now when you get a little deeper in the season and it gives the conferences time to kind of space some teams out a little bit. Or will it be a logjam the whole year? You know, it's hard to say. But the fact that there's only two teams ranked in the Big Ten and Rutgers is one of them is interesting. Now, to give Rutgers credit, this is a school, Chris, where over the past four years, they've really kind of put themselves on the map to be in a team that's going to make it to the tournament. They're going to probably win their first game and cost someone hell. So I, I, that team deserves credit. They've really kind of put that program on a map after being kind of a, a joke for quite a while. So uh, tip of the cap to them. And, yeah, as of right now, Purdue might be the best team in the country. At least they've been playing to that par. And Purdue is a team, though, that consistently can win two games in March, and it's and then it's almost done. Like, they, that, that Purdue is ranked almost every year. They have their opening weekend of success, and it's over. So could this be the year where, in general, Purdue is able to sneak past the Sweet 16 and make a bit of a deeper run? It's possible. I guess time will tell, and we'll see on that. But I do expect, uh, when it comes to February 1st, that you would have a few more teams ranked in the Big Ten. I would assume, but we'll see. Yeah, it might be just kind of working backwards, you know, uh, rather than having all that height and then kind of falling apart down the stretch. True. True. Might be interesting. You never know. Like, I, I'm kind of giving an example of the ACC last year. Uh, I'm not saying I see a second uh, Final Four team uh, beyond Purdue at this point, but then again, did I see that with the ACC last year? Fuck no, I didn't. I'll just admit it, you know? Now, North Carolina had played better, and obviously Duke was the team that Purdue was, right, as far as, uh, not the same team, say, you know, but as far as I did think Duke could go to the Final Four, didn't think North Carolina or anybody else would, and they did, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Um, man, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Good golly, old Mike. Houston, Tulane. Sounds like a good college football game. Tulane second in that conference. Let's see what Houston's got. They're on the road. That's ESPN Plus at least, not, uh, you know, some shit that nobody has. Kansas State, or I mean, sorry, Kansas. Remember I said their, t- their, their schedule's tough here coming up. Kansas at Kansas State. That's a big game. Uh, Mississippi State probably not, you know, not, they're twelve and five, but most of that is what you're talking about too. Sometimes you can look good in the non-conference, then slip up. We'll see if Tennessee can kind of go on the road and, and, and steady the ship, so to speak. And then the same night, I mean, look at the Big Twelve that night: Texas at Iowa State. Like I said, Kansas and Texas looking great so far, but let's see it. And then Wake Forest, you've come a long way, right? You're showing some signs. Clemson's coming into town. 
Baylor and Texas, I mean, Texas Tech needs this win badly, but Baylor does too. So, I mean, that shit's up in the air. Uh, and then, I mean, damn, we got a lot going on. UConn, Seton Hall, at Seton Hall, like you said, ro- on the road can be tough on Wednesday. Providence and Marquette, big, big game. Uh, Arkansas at Missouri, huge game for both those teams. Rucker wants to prove it early on Thursday. They got to go at Michigan State, who just lost. Um, so that's going to be good. And then look at this Pac-12 stuff on Thursday. It's throwback Thursday. Now, only one of them's on FS1. The other one's on the Pac-12. But USC at Arizona and UCLA at or Arizona State. And we haven't even talked about Saturday, Marshall. Holy shit, I'm excited. I think I got a halfie over here. It, it, that is a really good slate of games. This is a district here, I'll tell you that. And that and that's only ranked teams because one one thing I love about college basketball is whether you know sometimes in college football you do need the ranked against ranked. In college basketball though, just because there we talked about a lot of good teams today who are not ranked, you can have a very good game of college basketball without ranked teams. Again, it, when with the Big Ten and ACC having so many teams, there's like you know a Carolina, a Duke, uh, you know an Iowa, a Maryland, or whoever, Michigan State, like. All those teams are playing and they're not ranked. And I mean, this this year, you're right. We're getting spoiled with a lot of um, good games. That Thursday night, Pac-12 is going to be really fun. Um, you, I've not just watched that you, sentence alone is like wow. Throwback to 13 years ago. I've not watched UCLA play this year yet, so I'm not sure if I'm going to roll the dice on my ASU cash cow team. Because uh, I, I'd hate for that streak to end, but hey, that's that's a hell of a hell of a game. Uh, skipping forward to Friday um, again for which normally used to be kind of like an Ivy League only type of college basketball night. Villanova at St. John's, I'll watch that because I love watching St. John's. And for a nightcap, you got uh, Boise State, New Mexico. Uh, you were talking about the Mountain West. Boise State currently is tied for first. They're going to the pit in Albuquerque, New Mexico against uh, the young Patino. And that'll be a hell of a game for an FS1 game at 10 p.m. on a Friday night. That's not bad whatsoever. And that does lead us into Saturday, which you know is just going to be jam-packed with tons of great basketball. You could, again, from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., you got basketball going the whole night. Um, It starts off in the morning with Georgetown going to Xavier. You'd assume, you know, Georgetown's 0-8, Xavier 7-0. That should be a joke of a game, but you never know. Big East is normally pretty competitive. Uh, Miami travels to Duke. Duke kind of needs to get a little bit of momentum going. Again, new coach, new program trying to come out and figure stuff out. They've probably been off to a start that uh, Duke fans are not expecting. Um, TCU travels to Kansas. And at noon and at one o'clock, UCLA travels to Arizona. I mean, those are two of the better games of the day. And I mean, that's only, and that's only like the, they'll both be done by three o'clock. Chris, you're right. We're going to be in for a very long, fun year of college basketball. Uh, Baylor's going to Oklahoma. Oklahoma, man, they, all they do is play close games. They lose quite a few of them, but they're close. Bama goes to Mizzou. Uh, Texas, who can't shoot threes, travels to West Virginia. Um, hey, we're in for a very fun Saturday, my friend. This should be a really interesting year just because we have a lot of teams we're used to seeing be ranked who are not ranked, which means the next few months is going to be really enjoyable. And I'm not going to duck picking some of these games. As you just saw, 
my co-hosts do uh, for the <laughs> week, okay? Can't, I'm picking both home Big 12 games on Tuesday, Kansas State and Iowa State, to get the dub. I, I, I might as well keep it at home. Marquette coming off a tough, tough loss to Xavier on the road. They're going to they're gonna take care of business Marquette uh, with Providence coming into town. Um, and then I think I'm glad that you mentioned that Friday game because that's really interesting. I like – man, I'm going to pick uh, Ukula to beat Arizona State, but I like Arizona protect the home court. I do like that. Um, then I think Kansas is going to bounce back and beat TCU at home. UCLA Arizona. What do you think about that one? That's going to be that's going to be a tough matchup. I don't really know about that one. I'll take UCLA just because again Arizona man. Since they got into conference play, that team has not been clicking like I thought they were in the regular season. Now, that could change. You beat UCLA, and all of a sudden that's the best one you've had in the year, and things are going good. But they just that offense just doesn't quite do it for me yet. And defensively, I don't think they're that good of a team either. So I'll take the UCLA. Uh, Bruins that matchup and TCU. Uh, I'll take KU. I, TCU's offense, they have too many kind of occasional little droughts where I, I think it's going to be hard for them to win on the road in Kansas. All right, my friend. Uh, any last words uh, before we wrap it up here? Uh, no, but like I said, I think we're in for a very fun, enjoyable college uh, basketball season. And again, if we have parity this year, that makes this podcast more fun and makes your March Madness brackets, which will begin in about eight weeks, really more fun to even fill out. So until then, we're back next week. Thanks for the support as always. We're out. Go Cowboys. Have a good night. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.